You're tapping into For, For the, the Cultures Podcast. Podcast with your hosts, Bex Bumble and D-Boy. Our mission is to bring y'all unapologetic Talanoa from, from the, the concrete, concrete ocean. This episode is brought to you by Mata Ese Tongafau and Lola Kuulei Tortaleo Lasky. Thank you for your generous donation and continued support of our podcast. We see y'all. What are we doing it for? We doing it for the culture. Okay. Okay. Hey. Okay. <laughs> before we get started in our episode, before we move any further with anything else, uh, we want to acknowledge um, the devastating and tragic news that we all found out, that the world found out last week uh, with the passing of Kobe mm. Bryant, his daughter Gigi, and the other... Uh, seven passengers who were on that mm -hmm. helicopter. Yeah. Um, we want to extend our love and our condolences to the families impacted um, by this tragic loss. And we want to have a moment of silence here on the podcast for um, for all of those angels who are watching over us now. And so... If you all will join us and just for a, for a moment of silence to acknowledge those who have passed. Okay, let us say a prayer for those who have passed. Father, we thank you for the, your gift of people and friends and also the celebrities who entertain and keep your people happy. And we remember with sadness and also, Lord, with faith, uh, Kobe Bryant and all those who have passed away in the crash, as well as everyone who's mourning today the loss of a loved one. We commit them all to you for your comforting touch. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you for that. Okay, so we are going to uh, get Song Association popping off. <laughs> we're going to do it. Um, we're going to do it a little different this episode. Mm -hmm. We're not going to have any beverages, any adult beverages. <laughs> we have water. We I have, wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got water. We're just going to we're just going to We're just going to see who got who get these points, all right? Cuz what we're doing with Song Association is uh for this month every guest we have we're going to tally up these scores and whoever got the highest scores is going to take over our social media. Mhm. Mm okay? So how Song Association works is each player will have a chance to deliver and receive a word for three rounds. Um, and each player will have uh, 15 seconds. Okay, Ooh, my bad. 15. I said 10 earlier, but it's 15 seconds 15. Oh. to sing a song using that word in the lyrics. Yep. Okay? Uh, each player must at least name the title and or artist of the song they're singing. Any player that is unable to do so gets a big on. <laughs> 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 that sound cool? That sound good? Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> Do we need an example? No, I think we're good. 
Let's run it. Good. Yeah. Good. Yep. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Feeling confident. <laughs> okay. So my first word. All. Um. All. Um. Oh, freak. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Woo, stumped. Oh. <laughs> you didn't have any pastor? All over the world. Oh, see, he's too late. That's not. <laughs> I didn't have no None? song. That, okay, you wow. know what song I That's had? That's a good oh, word. That's a good one. Uh, what did what, you have? Um, I can't wait to get to school each day just so I could. Learn it all. <laughs> Wait, but the chorus. All I, I do is okay. think of you. Okay, day and night. True. Okay. True. True. Okay. Damn. Sorry about it. Sheesh. Okay. Second word. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. I give my life tomorrow. Okay. I thought about today. Now let me think of who's. I think it's. Oh my gosh, I want to say BB and CC Winant, but it could be Ron Canola. But I think it's BB and CC Winant. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Point for you, babe. Thank you. What you got, Pastor? How about you? I love you tomorrow. Tomorrow. I I love you. You're only a day away. (laughs) (laughs) Is that Annie? Uh, yeah. Or from the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Annie in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah movie, songs from movies count. Okay, right. you get the point. <laughs> Soundtrack song, okay. 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 Good it's job. Your song. Oh, my song is uh, Tomorrow Will Come and Girl, I Can't Wait. It's our anniversary. Anniversary. Tony, 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 what it does. <laughs> okay. Third word God. Oh, God. God. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Why? God is so good. Are you saying God is so good? God. I don't know who sings that song, though, so. It's a gospel song. It's a gospel song. We'll take a gospel song. Okay. And to God. Be the glory, great hey, things he okay. has done. To God, all be the glory. So loved oh, man. he the world that he gave us his son. Yeah, yeah. nice. Um, yeah, it's written by the hymn book. Oh, yeah. the hymn. Yeah. Okay, it's a hymn. It's a hymn. That's how I You can find it in the hymns. <laughs> you know, my, okay, here's mine. Which one? God's not dead, he's still alive. God's not dead, he's still alive. Okay, take it to church. I feel it in my feet. Hey, hey. I feel it in my head. Hey, hey. I feel it, it's all over me. Na, 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 God's not dead. Yeah, we went to prayer meetings, so we're godly today. I feel the spirit. Just today, huh? Okay, speaking of that meeting, my next word is prayer. Prayer. Uh, um, I can do the one we just did. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm doing. Hear my humble prayer, O Lord. Help me see the truth. Whatever, but I don't know who sings that song though. But it is a gospel song. That's it. (laughs) Drop the mic. Give give us a title. Give us a title. 
I want to say humble prayer. Humble prayer. Yeah. Or okay. it could be hear, hear my humble prayer. Okay. Somebody help me out there. Okay. My turn? Your yeah. turn. Da, 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 da. What's that Celine Dion song? Uh, my, my, the prayer. Sorry, yeah, the prayer, but my voice can't reach it. Um, <laughs> we believe it. We believe it. Celine Dion. Celine Dion. The yeah. prayer, okay. The prayer. Okay. And mine's is the uh, Aretha Franklin. <laughs> the moment I wake up, before I put on, on my makeup, I'll say a little prayer for, for you. you. Dun, 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 dun. Comb in my hair now. <laughs> okay, because I can comb it. Someone got a can, new hair I can put a comb through it now. Okay, last word. Last word. <laughs> okay, last word. Samoa. Samoa. Uh, oh, got we just got Samoa to lie. I don't know who sings, but we all know what that Samoa song is. Samoa does. Yep. <laughs> Samoa National Anthem. La Samoa Matalasi. Who's that song dedicated to, Pastor? Uh, it's dedicated. I sing it to my wife. Hey, yeah. hey, little sugar daddy. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, nice, nice, nice. We like. I think we like two, two, huh? Two. How many points you got, Pastor? I think I got four. Oh, so far. dang. Yeah, yeah, he got four. Got one. I, I oh did, my gosh, you are really good at this game. <laughs> All right, I'll go. Okay. First word, red. Red, red, red. Red, red, red wine. Red, red, red wine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you helped him out. Red, I don't know who this is. Wine. I give red, it red, red wine. Okay. Oh, we'll share it. We'll, oh, we'll share, share it. it. Yes. Okay. Half a point. No, I got one. Half. I got okay. one. Yeah. I got one. Okay, you got red, red wine. Okay, here you go. Who sings that, Pastor? Oh, uh, you know, some red guy dying. <laughs> <laughs> you be 40. You be 40. Oh, uh, you be 40. You be, you be uh, fast food. I, I, I thought it was Pinois. Yeah, you be you be forgetting. Yeah. You, you be forgetting. You be failing. Okay. Yeah. You know which one I got? Which one? I give you the red light special. That's a good one. That's a good TLC, one. TLC. Right. Okay. What about you? You got one for red? Um. Uh. Yeah. Little red Corvette. <laughs> By who? I forgot who sings that Cobra. song. Who's Prince? Prince. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Prince. Okay. Um, let me see. Next word. Dove. When doves cry. That's good. On the wings of a snow white. Dove, 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 yes. Pure, sweet love. Dove, yes. <laughs> What's that okay. one? Okay, who sings that? Uh, you know. It's a gospel song. It's a gospel song. It's a gospel song. Okay. 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 What, about, what about yours, partner? She's Dove. Um, mm, dang it. 
two turtle doves and a partridge in the pantry. <laughs> Where's that timer at? You know, there you go. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Hello, hello. Uh, I, there's a one of the. Oh, oh, um, ma futa fatasi, ma viya letua, ma futa fatasi. There's no yes or no. Oh man, hiccup I was like thinking that yes was gonna be in there, but it's Ooh, okay, man. I'm on it. I'm on it. Okay, yes, Uh I don't know the whole song, but it's Yes, we lo for my, and that's it. Do you know the, the rest of it, Pastor? Nope. Okay, dum, just let dum, it go. Dum, dum, dum. Okay, thank you. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Gospel. Yeah. Next song. Next word. Dance. Mm. I wanna dance tonight. <laughs> I wanna <laughs> dance tonight. Who's it? Lucy Pearl. Okay, Lucy Pearl. I heard this song when I was young. Dance, dance, dance to my ten guitars. Okay. Very soon you'll know just where we are. Mm. And I don't forgot. I mean, I forgot who sang that. But yeah, mm. <laughs> it's an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we give it to him? Yeah, we'll give it to him. We have to. We have to. Thank you for your generosity. Uh, all right. Is that your last my word? song? Um, no, I have one more. Oh. But my song is Beyonce. Tonight I'm gonna dance with you. <laughs> that song's too adverse. It's too X-rated for me to finish, but Beyonce. Last word. Boogie. I'm gonna boogie, oogie, oogie, oogie tonight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm trying to figure out. You're gonna boogie. Okay, who sings that song? Yeah, I know. Oh, <laughs> you know. You know that gospel. guy? Yeah. It's my <laughs> you neighbor. Know, you that know, guy? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is it the same one I'm thinking of? The, uh, get down, boogie, oogie, oogie, get Is it? down. Boogie, boogie, no. Boogie. no, okay, so it's that's like your a, song. This is a, this is like a boogie down. Dum, 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 boogie nights. Boogie nights. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, we are here to party. <laughs> okay, so you guys hear that boogie song that you just said? Oh, yeah, I think that was by uh, Sheik or Ooh. Sukiyaki. Oh, no, no, no. 
not sukiyaki, uh, a taste of honey. Taste of honey. That's the name of the group. It's either them or Chic. Chic. Okay, that's a good one. And then the one Boogie Nights, I think that's Heat Wave. Ooh, Heat Wave? Yeah. Boogie Check nice. me out. Uh, okay. Jukebox. Oh, my Boogie song is um, I'm going to put on my, 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 my Boogie shoes. Casey and the Sunshine Band. <laughs> All right, Pastor. Give us your top five. My first word is ring. Ring my bell. <laughs> ring my bell. Hey. But, I, but I bet you don't know who's in it. No, I don't. I need a... Okay, I don't either. I need a sum. <laughs> it's either I need a bell or I need a... I need a ring. <laughs> I need a ring my bell. I need a man. Is it by I need a man? It's not a need... <laughs> <laughs> Which one is it by? It's Anita something. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That's a good one. What else you got? That's one now. Four what? more. Do you have... You have a, a oh, that was my song. You <laughs> haven't, like, had, you haven't had that. <laughs> I'll just sing along with you. Good one, Pastor. Okay, uh, ring. Uh, <laughs> if you like it, then yeah. you should have put a ring on it. <laughs> yeah. If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. The queen, the queen, the hive, Queen hey, B. Yeah, that was my song. <laughs> <laughs> brown girl in the ring. There's a brown girl in the ring. That was the backup. Uh, oh, dang, what's that group called? I was just, I, don't know. I yeah. just heard that the other day. That reminds me of my, my sister. Carol, what it do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, mm, word oh. number two? Yes. Banana. Ah, this banana. This ish is bananas. B A N A N A S. Gwen Stefani. Damn. Okay. Um, can I get that uh, timer? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh. Okay. Sheesh, that's a good one. Come on, Taliman, Taliban. Banana, Ela, come and me want to go. That's a good one. Six foot, seven foot, eight foot, punch. Good. That reminds me of Beetlejuice. <laughs> and the good. brown girl in the ring, that's by Boney M. Uh, Boney M, yeah. Boney, Boney M. M, yeah. Okay. Right. Good one. I like that. Oh, third word? Yep. Red. Red. Oh, oh we just did that. We, we did that. Yeah. Oh, man. Sorry. Um, hmm. Anything. What's I forgot my my third word my third word my third word um, monkey is in my head <laughs> monkey yeah. shake that monkey <laughs> too short too short <laughs> shake that monkey get the <laughs> I'll play for you after the podcast okay. Pastor, shake, that, yeah. shake that monkey's good <laughs> what you got. Uh, <laughs> uh. I can only think of like ten, little riddles. What is it like? Yeah, ten monkeys jumping <laughs> on the bed. One fell down and bumped his, his head. 
That's it. That's drop it. that beat. Drop that beat. <laughs> you thought you was going to get us. Huh? Okay. Do you got a song, Pastor yeah. Monkey? Do you have a monkey song? <laughs> yo, yo, I saw a monkey. I saw a monkey. <laughs> Okay. Was that a zip song? <laughs> 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 oh, man. Okay, third word, brown. Brown. That's your fourth word. A oh, fourth word, fourth yeah. Word. Brown. Brown. Oh. Brown girl in the ring. Sha la 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 la. Again. Brown girl in the ring. Sha it's a different word. It's a different word. <laughs> okay. Jeez. All right, timer. Timer on you. All right. Uh, brown, brown, brown. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was me and Shiro and the homies in a lot of shade of brown on a Sunday afternoon. Hey. By who? Lighter shade of brown. brown. Yeah. Hey, that's a good one, Carla. That's, that's a good one. <laughs> Okay, last one. You've been trying to sneak. Hey, you, what's your brown song? Hello, Mr. Brown. Oh, I forgot brown love. Give me that brown love. No, okay, right. That one. That oh, that one? one? Yeah. Oh, Ado? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, just so I know, Pastor Tyler listens to Ado. That's, that's what's up. <laughs> your last one. <laughs> last one. Bust. Bust? Bus. Right? Like the bus? Yeah, the bus. The wheels on the bus go around and around. Wait, bus or around. bust? Oh, bus. Oh, bus, oh. bus, 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 bussy. Oh, shoot. The wheels on the bus go <laughs> around and around. Round and round. Round and round. Oh, shit. Oh, give me mine. Give me mine. <laughs> okay. Uh, who in the heck comes up with Five, bus? Four, <laughs> Clock. Three. <laughs> two. All right. Bus. One. Uh, I do the dumb and retarded and then ride the yellow bus. <laughs> Mr. Pass. The yellow school bus raider. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? It's Bay Area. <laughs> what, what's your song with the bus? I saw Pass. the f- <laughs> I saw the funky bus run <laughs> over the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the kids next door to me sang it. <laughs> I'm impressed. I am impressed by your song selection. Wow. Good job. Pastor. Good job. Good yeah. job, Pastor. Good job. Well, yeah. Yeah. Butchy, 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 that was good. <laughs> the giggles. Okay. The giggles. Okay, I know that we nor- Okay, that was a good way to kind of start off our day with some laughter, laughter, some prayer and some laughter. But we also do this thing called um just uh what, what how do we frame it? is a deep question it was just what is it? We critical should, critical question. question. <clears throat> and we like to just kind of throw out a a critical question. So, today's critical question is a question that I have for you, Pastor. Can you be gay and a believer in Jesus Christ? Yes. Whoa, that was fast. Nice answer. Why and how? Why and how? Actually, just how. How? Mm-hmm. God made us all. Mm-hmm. And he loves us all. Yeah. And he sent his son to die for all. Mm. Black, white, yellow, 
brown, gay, gay straight, straight, woman, man. <clears throat> he even loves the mice and the flies and the mm. birds. So um, we're more important. Gay is more important than the birds. Mm. And he says, if he loves the birds, how much more does he love you? And mm. um, that's a really great question. Thank you. I guess my following question to that would be, because um, I see, I hear you, and I and I hear that it is something that is acceptable, at least in the sight of God. But what? But is it acceptable in the church nowadays? Yeah, I think it depends. It depends on the. And let's let me just reframe that. Is it acceptable <clears throat> in the Samoan, Tongan, Fijian churches? I, I, I can't speak for the Samoan Tongan, but with the Samoan churches growing up, mm-hmm. yeah, the, a lot of gay men, you know, they were the uh, most reliable sopranos in choirs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> true. They, they were, sure. They, they, were the, they were the most reliable sopranos. Yeah, they were the most reliable sopranos, and uh, it wasn't an issue growing up in Samoa. It wasn't an issue at all. Did the church... Acknowledge them as gay men in the church choir. Yeah. Okay. I just that's that's really. Yeah. I mean, geez. in high school we relied on the gay students to come up with the best items and all that. You know? <laughs> mm. I, I mean, there it. really wasn't any barrier at all, and they were like, you know, the it of the parties. <laughs> yes. Every, it's like everything, anything. Even with the, if you look at the Samoas, uh, what the, the millennial, mm-hmm. the millennium uh, celebrations, it was the Fafafine who came up with the plan for, uh, <clears throat> this is uh, Samoa, uh, the independent state's uh, celebration of the welcoming of the new year. Yeah. Um, so they, you know, the committee just let them run with the show. Mm. Yeah. Oh, you want a Bible study on that issue? No. <laughs> I mean, if you have a Bible study course lesson plan that you want to throw out there, that's just really great to hear because, you know, a lot of friends that I have that are, you know, that have the same-sex attraction or even in same-sex relationship feel like they cannot go to a church, let alone, I mean, Samoan church or regular church because they feel like it's not, the lifestyle is not okay or accepted in in the regular church. Well, our church has uh, three same-sex couples, and they are really hardworking in the church. Nice. So, you know, for me, and even with the United Church of Christ, the UCC, mm. it's a lot of pastors who have partners, you know, yeah. same-sex partners. So I, I think it's... You know, when God loves you and you can mm-hmm. be used of God and you have, can serve him in a way that, you know, you're called to, mm-hmm. then by all means do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. <clears throat> yeah, it's really refreshing to hear you say that because there's a lot of uh, churches out there and that are led by pastors who <clears throat> do not, who do not <clears throat> see it that way, right? And that, you know, there are... The most used defense mm-hmm. to justify, you know, the maybe not their hatred, but their unacceptance of uh, gay people is the fact that, you know, the Bible says um, 
that homosexuality is an abomination um, and things like that. And so on many, you know, on multiple ends, there's people who are turned away from the church or who leave the church because they don't feel accepted there. There's a lot of people who are still there in the church and uh, may feel that like what they're <clears throat> What they're feeling or what they're going through isn't right because of what's being taught and fed. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like that's sort of the, that's sort of, oops, (laughs) (laughs) that's sort of the premise of like this question, right? Right. Is to, because being gay and being a believer seems contradictory. At least to me. Sorry. No. Uh, well, you know, yes, the Bible says that, and uh, also Paul. Paul says that a lot about that about mm-hmm. men having sex with men and women leaving the uh, natural, right? Yeah, natural way. Yeah, he he says that, and when 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 people of the church say that about being gay, they have a right to say that. Mm. Because the scripture says that, right? right? <clears throat> and also, we we don't need to. <clears throat> I mean, um, make a like bar people from the grace of God, yes, because of the sexuality. But it, as as for me, you know, um, the King James uh, translation of Luke seventeen, verse thirty four to thirty six especially verse 34, it says, uh, in those days two men will be in the same bed. Mm -hmm. One is taken and the other is left. Mm -hmm. And two women will be in the field. One is taken and the other Mm -hmm. is left. Oh, they'll they'll be um, milling wheat. Mm -hmm. And also in that same passage, verse 36, two men will be in the field. One is taken and one is left. But also in the book of Acts, when... um, you know, when Peter saw the uh, revelation of the animals, mm-hmm. you know, the things that were banned to eat and the message he got when he went to Cornelius' house, that, you know, it's forbidden. Mm-hmm. Forbidden, <clears throat> that means mm-hmm. it's not right in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. It's not right in our culture mm-hmm. to come to a Gentile's house. Mm-hmm. But it is through that that God taught me that I should not call anyone impure. Mm. I should not call anyone impure. So that is the foundation of my own acceptance of gay people. Right. Mm. It's um, the grace of God is much greater than our sexuality. And And I'm glad you mentioned that, Pastor. Sorry to interrupt because I think it's important for us to really understand what the grace of God looks like and if you can you like what's the best way to describe the grace the grace of God in as as simple as you can well let's look at the woman that was brought in caught in adultery Mm -hmm. and Jesus said if you don't have any sin cast a stone right and then all the people left this woman is a sinner this woman did something that Paul, I mean, uh, Moses, in the law said that she should be stoned to death. Mm-hmm. 
But then after everyone left, Jesus looked at the woman and said, who, where are the people who condemned you? Mm-hmm. And she said, they're all gone, sir. <laughs> no, he did, she didn't say so. And then Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So God's grace is not according to man's interpretation of the law. Mm. His grace is way beyond that. Mm. And that is, yeah, the foundation of our acceptance of people. Um, Right. Yeah. What's the difference between mercy and grace? Mercy is um, being forgiven for something wrong you did. Mm -hmm. Grace is being loved and forgiven even if you didn't even deserve it. Mm. So, you know, um, <clears throat> Bible study time. <laughs> <laughs> We're just like... Mm. Yeah, Romans, Romans, Romans. There ain't no Paul says in the book of Romans, you know, it's hard for anyone to die for another person. Right. So maybe for a very good person, then maybe someone will just die for that person, right? But Jesus died while we were yet sinners and that is grace mm. he forgave us while we were yet sinners we weren't even good or a little bit good we were bad and very bad <laughs> and yet he chose to die for us mm. so if that was the cost of our sin why would we label people as unworthy of that same grace that saved us while we were yet sinners. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Thank I'm you. I'm trying to process, uh, you know, all of that because that's really comforting. I think something that's coming up for me is I'm wondering if there's a word, like some sort of uh, maybe some tips or a message mm-hmm. that you advice advice yeah advice that you could. Uh, give to people who who may who may be on the opposite end of not accepting yeah uh, <clears throat> folks and and using you know like turning to um, the Bible and God's what their interpretation of God's will is against gay people is there something that you could no, uh, I don't. <laughs> I, that's real. No, that's no. real. <laughs> because uh, you know the thing is uh, when when people interpret the scriptures a certain way mm. and they believe that this is the right way, mm. it's really hard to convince them otherwise on right. other people's conviction, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just sharing my own conviction, yeah, and where I stand with everyone that God made. <clears throat> Mm. And the, how wide grace is, you know. Yeah. Those yeah. searches deep and wide and even into the Murray clay and yes. pull people out of it. So that's my interpretation of the grace of God. Mm. Um, but I can't mm. convince anyone else. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Thank mm. you for it. That's real. Yeah, that that's real. True. I think the reason why I said that was because it's like, in case people weren't hearing, you know, in case anybody's in the back that needed to hear that, <laughs> <laughs> what you just shared. I so them to hear so that. let's just really quick, hypothetically, a young man, 17 years old, c- walks into your church, comes up to you and say, hey, you know, um, can you pray for me? I am, I, I know that I'm gay, but I 
don't uh, feel like my family will accept <clears> it. <throat> like, what is the, or, but I want to live out my truth. What is the, um, what's the <clears throat> biblical responsibility or even response to that? Well, Jesus said, anyone who comes to me, I will in no, in, I will not, oh man, help me, I can't remember the exact quote, but I will not cast him out. Um, mm. it, it's, it's almost like that. Right. <laughs> or I'm um, in no way cast him out or something. Sorry, uh, it, it just skipped my mind. Maybe it's all those singing. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the singing. <laughs> it's the singing, but uh, if, yeah, I've had uh, a few of those. And oh, wow. I just said, you know, if you're gay, you're gay. I mean, what can we do? Right, mm. and all we do is love you, and uh, you know, and you know who Jesus is, and that's why you're in this line asking for prayer. But as for your family to accept you, that's up to them. Mm-hmm. Mm. The best thing is mm-hmm. where you stand with God, mm-hmm. and I can assure you that God loves you so much. He died for you before you were born gay. <laughs> 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 Which leads to a next question, <laughs> because, you know, um, and we've had this conversation at dinner already, so, but I just want to talk about it again, because some people believe that we're born gay. And, you know, that's, you know, do you believe that? Yeah. Um, there may be people who weren't born gay and they want to be gay. Yeah. I know some people that I grew up with. But I know people who are born gay. I mean, I have mm. nephews who believe they were girls mm-hmm. from the moment they started speaking. And nobody taught them that. Right. And they would weep if we say that they're boys. And they say, no, girl. Mm. You know? So I believe, you know, they're born that way. Mm. I, I, I look at, you know, I, I look at gay people as the complete person. Yes. Mm. Male and female in one. Yes. <laughs> 100% masculine, 100% feminine. Yeah. Yeah. That's really... Uh, that's real. That's real healing to hear, Pastor, because, you know, we, both Bex and I have had our own struggles, and we still struggle a lot with our own identities, and I think now that you shared your perspective and your beliefs with that it i really i really see um i really see things differently right about Mm -hmm. trying to teach other people or convince other people when it's really just about me even me accepting myself yeah right even you accepting yourself partnerfully and completely uh because there's a lot of things that we have to work through and unlearn that we've been taught that doesn't align with our spirit man, if you will. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, so I I really receive all of that. I'm really processing all that. I mean, um, if we look at, I think it's Matthew 19, verse 12, I think. Um, When Jesus said, this will be really hard to believe, but let those who believe accept it that there are people who are born eunuchs, so that's Mm. born gay. And there are people who make themselves gay for the gospel's sake. And uh, let those who accept it, accept it, and let those who don't, don't. 
And mm. I believe mm. that, uh, you know, if a gay person wants to dedicate their lives to the Lord and give themselves to God, Jesus already said that. It's going to be hard to accept. Mm. Right. But let those who accept, accept it. Mm. I believe it's Matthew, Matthew 19, verse 12. 19, verse 12. Wow. Thank Th- you. Does that work for, um, let's say, the, you know, the young person or whomever the person would, whoever the person is, um, can that work? How, or how would they find um, acceptance with their family not accepting them, right? Because if, it, if it's up to the family to not accept uh, them and their decision, you know, to be gay or, or to live their truth. Oftentimes, a lot of people who you know come out to their parents or whatnot are looking for acceptance, are looking to still be loved and taken in as their own child, and oftentimes they're they're not, right? And so there's an, there's a lot of homeless, you know, there's a lot of the youth who end up homeless, who end up on the street, who end up trying to take care of themselves and so I think what I'm trying to get at is just how how can we help those who who don't receive acceptance from the ones that they love the most yeah I know it's it's sad it's sad because um, I think um, the teaching of the church I know a niece who she's been cast out of her own family because she said that she's gay. Mm-hmm. I believe naturally and normally the parents would have accepted her, mm. but the church teaching alienates right. it. Right, right. And so they'd rather be churchy yeah. than be the loving parents to the child. Right. So the, the poor child lives with uh, families now, but you know, it's so sad because uh, she, she could do a lot to help. The family, right? The help. Uh, and uh, acceptance from the family enables the child to grow and explore their talents. And um, bottom line is we need people in our families. Yes. Uh, we need people in our families. And every child is a gift. Mm-hmm. And if their sexuality becomes the problem, then the family will have a problem. The, right. You know, the, the, every child is a gift from God. Mm-hmm. Right. And whoever and whatever they become, let the family embrace them and mm-hmm. guide them, show them the way, you know. Yeah, those are my two cents. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, <laughs> wonderful. Wow, thank you. Well, I mean, we can dig in deeper in this conversation, <laughs> but we want to uh, keep things moving off, obviously move into our grounding space. So, yeah, but um, thank you, Pastor. We're going we're gonna to talk a little bit more about that, or actually a lot, because you give really good insight and perspective. And, and what I hear when you talk, and it's really bringing healing to myself, is that, you know, I think I've always kind of... Um, not to say that my father wasn't uh, wasn't quick to accept me for my lifestyle choices, but um, you know, like I look at your reaction and I look at your response and your answers, and you know, I have these like moments where I'm like, I wish that would have been my dad's reaction or my dad's response, you know. Mm. But not again. Not everyone. Everyone's different as far as even processing and and accepting. So I mean, I'm grateful to where my dad is now, mm-hmm. but that wasn't <laughs> where he was the first time I had kind of dropped the bomb, you know. Mm-hmm. So I just really, um, 
I just find this like a healing moment to just uh, have this conversation with you and to hear hear you respond with grace and with mercy and with love. It's just, it's amazing. It's yeah. like it's healing for sure. It's healing. Talanoa is healing. Talanoa is healing. Talanoa, Talanoa with the pester is healing. Yes, that part. <laughs> Not just any kind of Talanoa. Talanoa with the pester. Okay. Talanoa. So speaking of. Y'all, we got a special guest in the studio with us today. Yes, sir. We've been chopping it up with him. Y'all already figuring out who we got, but we want to hear from the man himself. <laughs> Pastor Tala Faleava is yes. in the building with us. It's so great to have you here with us, Pastor. Yes. Thank it's, you for being here. Uh, it's good to be with you guys. Um, yeah, it's... Um, Every, I, I believe every everything is ordained and preordained. So before I was born or even become a pastor, God had said, okay, on this certain day of January or February. February 1st. On yes. the 1st of February, <laughs> you will be on the For the Culture podcast. podcast. So, yes. That's so true. And that's why I'm so glad to be You're here. You're destined to be here. Destined to be here. Welcome to the Potokasi. <laughs> Potokasi. For the culture, Pokotasi. Oh, now it's Pokotasi. Okay. Uh, what was it before? Potokasi. Potokasi, yeah. Uh, podcast. That's yeah. the word you made up. Right? Yeah. You're oh. the creator of the word, so you can change it anytime. <laughs> you can change it whenever you want. Pastor, oh. can you tell us a little bit about hmm. yourself? Ah, uh, jeez, uh, I'm 61 years old, so how yes, little do you... handsome, <laughs> handsome. How little, how little do you want me just, uh, to... Con- introduce yourself to the listeners, to the people. Just go to back one people. year. Yeah, I'm going to go to the Samoan, and I'm going to go to the Samoan, and I'm going to go to Samoan, and I'm going to I'm the youngest of eight. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm married to my own Queen Elizabeth Samoa. Yes. Three kids. Uh, oh, they're not kids anymore. They're adults. <laughs> and um, I'm currently the pastor of the uh, Congregational First Samoan Congregational Church in San Francisco, UCC. Commonly known as the Two Six. Nice. Two Six Church. Yeah, Two Six Church. Yeah. Nice. And you also um, teach, um, of course, at, at Stanford University. Yes, ma'am. I teach someone. Uh, most of my students are working on their dissertations, doctorates. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And that just started this year, right? Or just recently? Yeah, just recently. <laughs> what is that? Um, can you give us a little bit about what? Uh, what that class entails? Oh, the, the class is in the linguistic department. Mm. And these are some of the very intelligent kids who thought, well, maybe we should try a new language. Wow. Mm. <clears throat> and so, uh, you know, they wanted someone. So that's why I, I came in, just sort of guide them along their writing and their... Are and, they picking it up? And Yeah, oh, 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 they're so smart. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, because they, they're linguistic students. Right, yeah. They... I, I said a sentence, and they already figured out which one is the verb, which one is the pronoun, which one. They figure that out. and I love it. Three minutes later, they come up with their own sentences. And, nice. So can I say 
say this this way. You say, yeah, man, I'll give you a citizenship of this. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so it's really a blessing to work with them. Uh, Yeah. And also their understanding of the English language is good, so it's nice to compare and also to build it from there. Mm -hmm. And you are also author of a book, right? Yeah, I'm writing a book, Mm -hmm. you know, how it goes. (laughs) You write, you read, after some time you come back and read it and you don't like it and you start rewriting it. (laughs) (laughs) So I've been writing and rewriting and, yeah, sort of give it a rest, put it on the shelf, watch some TV and after three (laughs) months come back to it and reread it. (laughs) What's your book about? It's uh, about my son, the Tulafale. Since my son Tai got a Matai Taito Mulianga Sila, he's a Tulafale, an orator. He's been asking a lot of questions about how to do this, what to say in this and that. And I thought, well, if my own son asks these questions, then I know that there's a lot of other sons mm. who are asking the same questions. So I thought, okay, yeah, I'll write the book just nice. for them. Because uh, in Samoa, we have a thing called the fafaletui. Um, mm-hmm. So usually it's uh, orators who do that, fafaletui. They get together and they share their knowledge of the language and the knowledge of uh, cultural activities and all that. And... Uh, Elderly men would pass their wisdom onto the new ones. Mm-hmm. That is absent from us over here, mm. and we need one of those. So, mm. so the book. I, so I wrote the book as Fafalitui uh, for those who are searching. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you you also I, I know that you're <clears throat> working at Stanford, but you also have provided a service for the Samoan community. Yes. Uh, that where you also teach. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, you know, we, we came to Samoa, and I mean, to, <laughs> we came to the church in San Francisco, and like every other Samoan church overseas, the parents really want their children to speak Samoan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is, parents don't speak in Samoan to their kids mm-hmm. at home, mm-hmm. and they want the pastor to do that. So, yeah. Lokomiki comes. And they want their kids to be given Samoan Bible verses. Right. So I came up with the idea. Okay, I'm going to teach the kids in Sunday school in English because my priority is to make sure the kids understand the Bible. Right. Not to teach them Samoan. Yeah. But I will have a Samoan class for the kids to come to and even for the adults so that's why we started the Samoan classes, which originally for the church, and then we decided to open it up to the community. To the community. And lo and behold, the community flooded the class. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Me included, yeah. yeah. You have a student in here, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <coughs> nice. Oh, wow. I'm sure the I'm sure that the bio goes much 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 longer. <laughs> I know. Are we missing anything? Do you golf? Do you golf too? Or oh no, no? I, um, no, no. I have golf clubs <laughs> <laughs> for other uses. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Uh, Pastor, what we like to ask our guests is to ground us in the episode. And I know you've already said a prayer earlier for the the lives lost. But um, would you please? Do us the honor of grounding us in the episode, however you seem fit. Favorite scripture. <laughs> oh, favorite scripture. <laughs> no, whatever you feel. Let's yeah. 
Um, uh, this morning we had prayer meeting and I shared from 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18 to the last, to the end of the chapter. Mm-hmm. And where Paul was talking about the power in the cross mm-hmm. and how the cross seems so tiny. I mean, it, it, it's foolishness in the eyes of those who consider themselves wise and consider themselves as people of God. Um, I'm talking especially about the, uh, you know, the Jewish community at the time mm-hmm. uh, because um, the cross is a despicable thing. Mm-hmm. It's uh, where the Romans crucified their enemies. So uh, we bring a symbol of crucifixion and colonialization and criminality and make it the symbol of salvation mm-hmm. to the eyes of most Israelites. You know, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's an abomination. <laughs> and, but Paul is saying, but that is the power. That is the power of God. Uh, mm. And even with the, um, with the Greeks, those intelligent people, you know, the cross is just two pieces of wood, one vertical, one horizontal, and what else is there? But since Jesus hung on it, that makes all the difference. So in this particular passage, Paul is saying that, you know, God uses the the foolish things to confound the wise. Yes. And it's to me, it's encouraging for my own life because there are times that I didn't want to look foolish. Mm. But then, you know, it is the power. As long as we're stuck with God's program, whatever and however foolish we may become, we may look, we're actually very powerful because mm. how, how foolish in the, from a man's perspective for a father who can just flick the finger and save his own son but didn't do it, right? Right. And God just sat there right. and let despicable people crucify his own son. Mm. But he let him be. He let it happen because it's part of a plan. Mm-hmm. And that's why he made the, the cross so powerful. So whatever we may go through and however foolish we may look in the service of our God, it is within that what we do, within that foolishness, there's so much power being um fired from God. Right, right. <laughs> I was trying to find the right word, yeah. but, you know, there's so much power in there. Yeah, and, um, yeah, God is good. He loves All everyone. All the time. Uh, you know, sometimes we don't think much about entering the church, but entering the church is powerful. I always have this saying in, you know, like, all throughout our lives during the week, God is looking at us. And when we stop to pray, we're looking back at him, mm-hmm. just acknowledging him and give him a wave yeah. mm-hmm. and then go on. And he's always with us everywhere we go. But on, on, in worship, if we go to church, then we are going to be with him. So throughout the week, he is with us. Yeah. But us going to the church is us going to him. Mm. So, yeah, that's my th- theology in. I like that in the church. Nice. So, yeah, so this morning, good. Danny Boy and I came to God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at five thirty in the morning. We were pulling came, up to God. You came to visit him. 
Yeah, <laughs> and he smiled. Yeah, <laughs> I could see the big smile on his face. <laughs> yes. said, wow, thank you guys for coming. <laughs> it, it meant a lot to be there. Yeah. I felt really connected back to just uh, my grandfather, who was a faithful owl in the church, and that was my first time in the church. It's beautiful over there at two six. Yeah, I've only ever been in the cafeteria. But I'm glad that we went. Thank you for yeah. recommending that we do that, partner. Yeah, th- yeah. I'm grateful. Thank you so yeah, much. We're, we're building an atmosphere, you know, a, a warm atmosphere at the church. Mm. So whoever may feel come it. can feel the warmth of the atmosphere there. Yeah, so that's what we've been working on, and be happy people. <laughs> we're, yeah, um, I, I, like, I like our people. When yeah. they're happy, they're happy. Yeah. When they don't like you, they let you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get into it. <laughs> yeah. Bruh. Okay, Pastor. So while we have you here, uh, and all of you, the great knowledge and wisdom you have uh, related to our Samoan culture. I uh, wanted to use this time and this segment mm-hmm. to dive in a little bit into the culture, right? Mm-hmm. Especially because we're on the For the Cultures podcast. <laughs> um, culture. Culture, especially our Samoan culture, the church is very ingrained in our culture. And it has its... You know, it's pluses and minuses. Um, And oftentimes we hear a lot about the negatives, right? Because of certain things like, you know, with dealing with money, dealing with, uh, what else? Um, Protocol, expectation. Follow love is. Yeah. And you know um, how, like, families come together to give a lot to the church. Yeah. Um, and so I just want to talk a little bit about how you see our Samoan culture and the church uh, coexisting. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, that's... That's a question from um, 6.7 million Samoans who live overseas Mm. Mm. and whose uh, families are involved with the church. Mm -hmm. Um, Our culture, let me just take us way, 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 way back in the 1800s (laughs) when Malietoa met with uh, Tuimanua and they... Well, Malito came to visit Tumanua, but he met Tumanua on the way. So they met in the ocean. And they wanted, well, it's traditional that they have an ava ceremony. There's two kings who have come together. So there was a leaf of a tamu that sort of floated by, and they used that for their tanoa to mix Mm. the ava in. And they used another leaf that also came by. It was a futu leaf. So when the first cup, was served, it was served for God. 
So they poured that first cup into the ocean with their prayer that God, wherever the waves and the current takes this Ava, let our children mm. also go there to take the gospel. So I believe that the um, bloom, the blossoms of the churches overseas, especially among Samoan communities, mm. is part of that prayer. Um, part of that prayer. And also, it was uh, Maliator's wish when he became a Christian, because they used to call him Mafiong al Maliator. But when he became a Christian, he said, Let God be the Afionga now. And Maliator will take the Susunga. Mm. So now it's Susunga al Maliator, right? The uh, implication of that is that the people of Samoa would serve the church. Um, in the way that they used to serve him. But let him be the one who serves the church as well. And our parents took that to heart. Um, mm. So they served the church, give land to build the church, and they, were, they so believed that the blessings come through giving to God in that way. So that was all good. I mean, even today, it's all good. The only thing that has sort of damaged that is the overdue, mm. right? It's giving beyond the means. Mm. It's, um, it's almost become a prideful thing. Yeah. Give this much because the Jones gave that much. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I need to give such and such. Well, in Samoa, in Samoa, if I am the matai of the family, I would ask all my tautuas, all those who serve my title, to come up with certain amounts so that um, since I am the matai, I want to look good because the church is not only the church, it's also the village. Mm -hmm. And my title has to be, you know, if I'm a big title in the village, I don't want to be under some unknown title. Mm -hmm. And the Tautuas know that. The people knew that. And they have to put their matai, you know, mm. where he, he belongs in the village and also within the church. But uh, that is Samoa, where you have your family, you have the land where they can go work and find all this money and to help through, right? In here, every family is struggling to pay rent, is struggling to pay the bills, is struggling yeah. to put kids through school. Mm -hmm. And if we tend to bring that mentality into the service of the church so that we would look good, yep. but the, you know, then it's not very healthy. Mm -hmm. It's not healthy. Yeah. Because then we'll have to sacrifice the kids' lunch money. We'll have to sacrifice, you know, a lot of things. And I, I think the... But to me, the people don't give as much to the church... Yes. ...as they do to Dude. the cash creek. To the bingo. Bingo. Gambling has drained so much of our people's resources. Mm. And, but uh, when it comes to the culture, the culture is beautiful. Mm -hmm. The culture has priorities. They prioritize the church, thus prioritizing God. 
But in my own view, do it within your means. Do mm. it within your means. Um, you know, the children are the priorities. Uh, yeah. These are the priorities. God is your priority as well. But God's children should also be priority, um, right. not your reputation. Because uh, as, we, as we take care of our families and take care of the church as well, we'll see things happening that's good, but balance, the balance ought to be there. I think there's an answer to your question. Or is it yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it answers it thoroughly because I'm also thinking about the flip side then. So how do we, how can we become more uh, separated from our pride and get back to the... And, and how do we address, you know, because we're thinking of like the elders, like, hey, this is a pride issue. Like, how do we address that? <laughs> like, yeah, as, I don't young, think we can. Know, we can't. Looking at yeah. Danny Boy, like, well, if you, you're young, you address one of the elders that. I mean, thinking back to what, Pastor, you said earlier about acceptance with homosexuality, right? Like, if people don't accept it, they don't accept it. And that's their, their bottom line. Their bottom line. Right. And the same thing with the conversation. The, the situations in which we exist within our families and how culture and church may get intertwined it's kind of like that's where they are and so how do we it's like up to us to figure out ways to i I don't i don't know if saying separate culture and church is the right thing but separating pride and yeah it's a it's a very difficult question because you can't yeah. After all, we're very prideful people. <laughs> Talk about we're, it. <laughs> we're, we're, we're proud people. We're, we're Samoans. That's it. We're, we're, we're pr- proud. The culture, well, you see, most of these things were very simple in the beginning. Uh, very simple in the beginning, like the sua, right? So yeah. you, would give, uh, you would give either, well, there is the coconut to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. And then you either the money in the coconut or the vala, right? So that was a little piece of tapa, siapo. It was either the money or the vala. Now it's both, mm. right? And then we also, you know, we, well, we still have that little, the tray where the chicken used to be and that osikalo. Right, yeah. uh, now it's, uh, it doesn't matter. There's only two items there. But the, the two things that have been added to the sewer now that was never there before is the basese, the money mm-hmm. that comes after the, and the tofa, oh three, and then the fa also. Um, so the, the tofa f- is, a, is a mat. It's right? an, is a, yeah, is a, it's, it's a new thing. Mm-hmm. So there was only just the ye that comes after the sewer. They call that the ufikai or the cover of the sewer, right? Mm-hmm. And that was it. That was it. But now we've added the tofa the teutushi, and also a few more food items after that. Now, the question is, do we need to go back when those things weren't there? Um, mm. I, I believe since the, you know, the economy, I mean, our people have become wealthy, more, I mean, better off than our parents were. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to take that out because uh, we're already here. Right. And we have those. Yeah. So we can give them. The the thing that is sort of difficult with the Fa'alam Lave, 
is, uh, you know, we were sort of asked to give beyond our means. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think we need to educate our people to budget mm. and also to spend, spend money <laughs> wisely because, you know, there should be a service where you put people together like, okay, this is it. This is how much you make. If you play bingo, please use only this much. Mm -hmm. Church, go, this much goes to church. Mm -hmm. And then this much goes to school. And then if you don't have enough, then give up. Like, what? Don't eat chicken, just <laughs> eat rice throughout the week <laughs> or the month. We need, we need, we we need, need those budget. services. Yeah, the balance, we, back to the balance. The balance yeah, yeah. We need to, to, to balance it out because uh, it's really difficult to, to make ends meet nowadays. Especially when favelavis come, because you do not plan for favelavis. Mm. You don't plan for it. It just happens. Yeah. Like, oops. Um, <laughs> so we need to know that. We, we were a community who's had favelavis since we existed. And I think that families ought to plan for those, budget for those, put a, put a little bit of aside for favelavis. Um, so when it comes, you're not really that overwhelmed with it. Mm, that's my two cents. <laughs> or did I give the two cents before? Yeah, <laughs> so, all the cents is good. Cents. So it's all three cents now. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor, can you please uh, give a uh, give a description of what a falavilave is, just for those who may not know uh, what we're referring to? Well, the falavilave is, uh, well, see, this is, uh, it's a bad word. Mm. Mm. It's a bad word because weddings are happy occasion. Unfortunately, families call it a favelave. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> a favelave is, uh, well, literally in English, it would be an hindrance. Ooh. A hindrance, an accident, or something that occurred out of the normal. An unfortunate occurrence out of the normal. Mm. Wow. Is, but is that, the, is that the English language, you know, not having the right l words to describe what that means, what yeah. it actually means? Yeah, favelave is like a hindrance. Oh, okay. <laughs> like a, an interruption. An interruption, okay. Uh, yeah, I think that's the best in, Just in, a, uh, an translation. An interruption. An interruption, yeah. you know, because our lives are flowing in a certain way and then comes a wedding, a cousin's wedding, and then, oops, that interrupts our, fi our mm -hmm. finances and things. So I don't know I who dare. started the term, but I think we need to have a new term for that so it will be more joyous. Yeah, <laughs> but what, uh, what would you call it? I'll call it um, opportunity. What's the Samoan <laughs> word for opportunity? Oseavanoalelei or Ulfsosani. Well, when we take <laughs> yeah, well, look at the language. It first it is a favelave, and then we put funds together for the favelave, and then we present it. We say it's a fesosani. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. a contribution to help out. Um, so, but uh, the Fa'alavilave in Samoan is that people coming together to show a family that has a, something unfortunate or maybe a wedding happening in them just to give a shoulder. Um, like, this is, we want to give you this much just to know that we mm -hmm. support you. And, it, you know, it's, that's how we work. Yeah. And then in the past, in the, in the funerals growing up when I was young, it was really nice. 
like we would give so much to a family. Not that much, maybe a dollar or ten dollars, right? And then the family would go through with the funeral. They give some for the fife au. They give some for other people. And then when everything is done, and if there's two pigs left and some bread, and that's what they divide up that's and give, divide up, yeah, and give to those who help, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. They don't go out of their way to get new stuff or to buy stuff to mm-hmm. give to those who gave. And those who went to give, they give knowing that they might or might not get anything back. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, because uh, in those days, if you give a seed, they keep the seed. Mm-hmm. They don't, like, right now, they give it right now, right? They yeah. keep it. And they use that to help. So when there's anything left, then they sort of, okay, how many, you know, and then they we sort of, sort of give it away to those who came to help. Right. Yeah, yeah but that was the Samoa long, long time ago. Uh, I think uh, <laughs> something else I also hear all the time with, uh, in terms of Father of Love is, is that people have issues with giving, you know, having to give monies to family members they've never met. Right. Or they yeah, never, yeah. you know, That's dealt nice. with. <laughs> wait, wait, who? My, yeah. my sixth cousin? Right. I never, I met, never met that fool. Uh, and we're related through marriage? What? See, and I, and I think, you know, just to, maybe we can have a quick conversation about it. It's just that we, also, we often miss the essence of what it is that we're doing when contributing in, in that kind of way, right? That the intention behind... Love, love is just to give and to give a shoulder. Uh, but I think it's gotten mixed up with now that there's pride involved. It's like, oh, okay, a certain amount. <laughs> we need to present this much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that just all goes back to budgeting, right? Or yeah, um, preparing for it because uh, that's uh, always a common thing we hear that's from, smart. from folks. It's yeah. like, I don't. It's the talents. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you see, a, a lot of times, uh, because um, um, let me draw a picture for you. Like, I have, I'm the youngest of eight, and my my dad is the eldest of uh, one, two, three, four. Right? He's the eldest of four. Now, my my first cousins have had grandchildren and great-grandchildren. If anything happens to one of those grandchildren, all the four siblings, my dad's and the four siblings, although they have passed away, we all come together to give. Right. And that's where it comes. So when we ask our kids, you know, we need something for the great-grandchild of that, they say, who? <laughs> but because we're here, we know the connection. Right, 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 right. So we go in on behalf of our father. And that is where all this comes in. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, cousin who? <laughs> even my own children ask me, how are we related to that person, to this person? Uh, right. And then, you know, I sort of give them the the family line and then they get it. Yeah. But, you know, so, I think that that that's where that uh, comes in. Um, mm. I do have yeah. a question because yes. you know, being how we're talking about file of love is, you know, um, 
I've noticed that um, the give in the giving mm-hmm. portion of it, it has drained our people. It has stressed our people and has overworked our people, which has caused them to be sick, to be depressed, to be maybe some even on the brinks of just because they can't provide for the family. Thoughts of suicide or, you know, there's just so much. It, it It's like we're going down, but we're also going up because our family is supported. But individually, now you're giving yourself up for the sake of your family. Now, how our like... How do we uh, change that or how do we give support to that? Because I don't think that I don't think that is a healthy system at all. Um, I've seen a lot. Even I myself have, um, you know, have fallen into a place of like hopelessness, of wanting to give up, of not even wanting to be a part of my family because I am constantly having to give, 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 give. And these and these are like large amounts that they're wanting and I'm like I live in the Bay Area <laughs> I can't give this much all the time but then when we have a uh, you know uh, the the Makai of the family or just the person who speaks over the family to you know kind of just say hey we need dictate. this yeah, yeah to dictate and mm-hmm. put such a strong demand in it you know it's like it's you know we, our family feels obligated to keep to this um, just this image of just, you know, always giving because that's just how my family before was always good at giving. And if we don't laugh on this now, it'll ruin our name. So there's just a lot going on emotionally, um, physically. Again, I see I've seen a lot of uncles and aunties, sisters, cousins go to the hospitals because of high blood pressure. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, just, you know, it, it mild caused, stroke. It causes rifts, too, it causes in the rifts, family. You know, mm-hmm. it just it's damaging to our people. It lowers the quality of life. It, but yet, it really impacts our, the mental it, it health. It affects us, yeah, mentally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I those things are never addressed. You know, what we see is that, you know, but our family is doing great and we're providing in this. You know, we're, do, we're doing a, our due diligence in one area, but then this part is suffering. Yeah, I, I think the answer will be educate our people and also push our young people to education. Mm. Get better you Cultural know, education or just regular co- education? Education. Get mm. better. You know, how do you get more money? Mm. Because uh, this isn't going away. Mm. This isn't going away. But that has been my, um, because, you know, in New Zealand, I've known people who have lost their homes mm. because of the passing of a loved one. Yeah. And because this Matai who came from Samoa, Mm-hmm. And he's he has a reputation to keep. So he demands so much from the people who's, you know, he may be a distant uncle, but he has a reputation that he wants to maintain, right? Because people come and see it's him who's making all this and, he, you know. And then he demands how much. So people usually f- refinance their homes. Mm. Now, after all this is done, Everybody leaves, and if there's money left, usually the family will divide it up, right? Okay, so the father's family came. Let's give the father's family that much. The mother's family came. Let's give the mother's family that. And here's the Kula Fale who did the thing. Let's give him this much. And Okay, that was all the money that was left. Right. Then these people live, leave, and the widow or the widower who had to refinance the house because the loved one passed, is left with this big mortgage to pay. 
Right, yeah. Unfortunately, some of them lose the house. So, what is the resolution here? I think uh, the people who... We only need the cost of the plot if it's a funeral. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what else is there? Sandwiches? <laughs> yes. I mean, simple. I, I like simple funerals. Mm, yeah. I've been to simple funerals. I like those. You know, there's not much to... Uh, I've been to funerals where, you know, they got either sewer. I mean, I have nothing against that, but... It sort of prolongs the day. Yeah. It makes the reception longer. And yeah. then I've been to funerals where they only give gyokushis and that's it. Yeah. You know? So I've also been to funerals where you know, people just come in, eat, and shake hands and go. Yeah. I, I think what we need to change in this, in this uh, world and these days is whatever comes to the family, let's protect that. Mm. Let's do whatever we can, as much as we can, to stop them from having to give back mm-hmm. so that they would be protected. And for us who are giving, you know, I, I, I pray that our whoever leads families, uh, we just give what we can. You know, never mind the reputation. Yes. Because uh, we should do it with love for our own people because these are the people that will help us through. Yeah. Not have them drain to help others. And then when it comes our own turn, our own people are already depleted of their strength. And that yeah. causes a lot of mental health. Yeah. You know. Yep. Yeah. That's true. One last uh, question yes, sir. <laughs> here for this segment is... Uh, I, I guess talking about culture, talking about, you know, mental health and all of the impacts that can come from mental health, right? Because there's a lot of mental illness. There's there's uh, something like suicide that is is a, is a big thing in our community that we don't really talk about because of the shame associated with uh, suicide. What, what I wanted to ask you is uh, wh- what can... What role can the church play in uh, educating or and empowering their congregations to uh, address mental health or to seek mental health or just to normalize uh, mental health in a way? Because so many of our folks, you know, there's a there's a negative uh, there's a what do you call that? There's stigma associated with yeah. mental health in our community where folks don't seek services. And, of course, we turn, uh, we'll, it then turn to the church. Uh, we'll, pr- you know, think that yeah. prayer is enough. Mm-hmm. But what role can the church play to uh, normalize conversations and, yeah. and services around uh, mental health, and I think even just other things, right? Like yeah. helping promote education, like you mentioned earlier, for our young people, just playing an active role in uh, the world that the the generations now who are here also have to live in yeah. uh, outside of home and church. Yeah, um, 
You know, the, the thing that every individual should be reminded of is that every life is very valuable. Mm. And everyone is born for a task. And if they take their lives, then they're, you know, they're depriving the world of what they were born to make or to do. Mm. Um, so that everyone must be aware of that, that they are so important. That's why they're born. <laughs> they're so important, and they should not head towards that way. But what does the church do to help with their mental health? I think we need to define mental what mental health, health is. Uh, what it looks like, too. What it looks like, because uh, the first impression or the first thing that comes to mind when we talk about mental health are the people who have lost it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, but uh, actually, it's anything that causes stress. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, well, we mentioned that uh, people who are stressed because they have to give more than they, you know, they, they could possibly yeah. c- can, and they've been forced to do that. And then when there's uh, too much, too much month at the end of the money, mm-hmm. um, those causes stress, and that is it can contribute to mental health. And uh, so what does the church do? Um, there are no... Or what can they do? Yeah. There's, you know? So far, there's nothing structured to help. Um, but with the United Church, um, we do have committees where people go talk to, but these are the pastors. Mm-hmm. Pastors come and talk to. So I think uh, it needs to be initiated within the churches, have a body to do that. But then it comes down to who do I trust to talk to? Right. Yeah. So most of the time they trust the pastor. <laughs> <laughs> they come to the pastor and they talk. And um, there needs to be a contract between the pastor and the congregation. Uh, right. It's a contract of uh, confidentiality. Yes. Yeah. So that the pastor and the wife do not go and spread to the other members of the church mm-hmm. what this person talked about. Mm-hmm. Because it is within that that people have lost their trust yep. in the pastor. Um, and unfortunately, some of those things have happened. Right. Uh, they've lost the trust because they, they went to the pastor with all, you know, they wept their hearts out. And the next thing is everybody knew mm-hmm. the next day. Uh, I guess, uh, no pastor got on the phone and spoke with auntie and and all that but uh, yeah I think uh, it's something the church should look into Um, having to look in those I'm I'm just begging with my church please make funerals simple Mm. the church gives and I say please make a resolution that the family who receives the money do not give things back to the church because the church gave so much. And those are the resolutions that I'm trying to and it's really hard, you know. I, I respect the elderly in the church because that's how they grew up. Right, yeah. But we're trying to see if the modern the new generation the next generation can adapt that and instead of having illustrious and and big uh, receptions let's have just simple sandwiches and go home right go home be happy mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah 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 
That's amazing to hear because it really just, um, it really shows your heart, Pastor. It really shows that your heart is, you You see from from your pastoral lens, you re- pastoral lens, you really care for the people and the and the life of people and their quality of life you know and for you to be sensitive enough to see that while these people are hurting we need to make funerals lighter for our people because it's damaging it's it's lessening their quality of life it's draining them and if it's draining them that means they're not going to come to church and if they don't come to church (laughs) they're not going to be fed and they're not going to be fed they're not going to be encouraged empowered and uplifted so it's just important to you know like it's important to make things as simple as possible. But my question is that are you are you giving that advice from the lens of um, of the of scriptures or from the lens of culture? It's the lens of culture. Mm. Scripture doesn't quite touch on that, right? But love. Mm. So we can always ask ourselves, what is the most loving thing to do? I love that. Yeah, mm. that is true. Ay, ay, ay. And we need to simplify our funerals. <laughs> we do. We do. We have Sunday services and then Monday the funeral. And this is Sometimes we have Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah, there yeah, are so it's many. Always Saturday, Sunday. There Monday. are so many, so many services, and the poor family have to feed people all that much time, many times. But it'll be, you know. That's the that's the tough part, is because the the demand for the funerals that, you know, that we're accustomed to require so much. And then when they're, when they're done, we then have to go back to our reality. Yeah. And we have to go immediately where we don't have any time to rest, recoup, Mm -hmm. relax, mourn even. Yeah. Cause I know, you know, I'll just speak for myself that there was a, you know, my uh, my uncle passed a few years ago, and because uh, the way things worked out, I was to I was on the api with my yeah. with my aunt. Ooh, um, big job! Api right? is is the notebook, which yeah. is basically the you write down every donation uh, yeah. that comes in and what came. What's the what's what the title went? for the Philokusi? Philokusi, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I was doing that with my aunt to learn learn the process Mm -hmm. but also i had just you know like she had me right there with her right i wasn't sitting below her i was sitting next to her so it was a lot for me because i was sitting at the table with the big dogs and i wasn't prepared and it was quite a process and then a a lot of trust but also a lot of eyes right because i had the the api i had the money i had all these things and it's like where is it always keep it on you yeah you know, because unfortunately, sometimes those yeah. those uh, those things find legs and run yeah. away. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But just a just a whole lot of high, yeah, high energy, high frequency uh, demands on our body, <laughs> right. mentally, spiritually, and physically. That mm-hmm. when it's done, we're just drained, right? And then we have, yeah. and then we have to go back to work. Our regular jobs, or right. we're also we're actually working during the times of these things, and so there's just all of this stress, anxiety, uh, depression, even you know, and we're all functioning while yeah. holding on to these things. And the, the question is, when did all this start? 
That's no, a great I don't, I question. Mean, this is kind of like where we are now, the generation. This is a learned This is what we're behavior, born into right, right now. Because right? Growing, know, up, into it. growing up in Samoa, a person passes away. They come straight from the funeral home, spent one night at home, and then the next day is the burial. Mm. That's it. That's it. The, you know, there's no big service, small service, family service, viewing and all that. Who started that? <laughs> I, I mean, there's no disrespect for, you know, for, for the family wanting to have more services for the beloved one. Yeah, every family has the right to do that. But the, the, the problem is when a family who has a lot of resources do that, then the next family would feel like they need to do that they too, to right? Do right? Yeah. And then they're drained beyond their means. what their means. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and uh, you know, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying if you can, then by all means. Um, do it, right. That's but, the major takeaway. Uh, but the, the matais of the family need to know what their family's uh, capabilities are. And what is healthy for the family. Mm -hmm. So one day, sandwiches at the end (laughs) and say thank you everyone for coming. God bless. Shake hands and let them go. Nice. I don't mind if I don't get a kyokushi. But make it simple. Mm. You know, I I love simple things. But you know what's going to happen if you only serve sandwiches and if you have a a small envelope. Uh, Everybody's going to come over here, like, oh, this family. You see, that's the thing. We're so afraid of being criticized. Right. But let it be. So what? And criticize, and the next family, you're you're sort of empowering the next family to do the same thing. Mm. Right. And before we know it, we're creating a new culture. Right. It's still Samoan culture. It just looks different now. It's much simpler, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we need brave families who just come up I and like say, that. this is yeah. what we're going to do. And say, wow. And that empowers the next family to do it. Well, so-and-so has done it, so let's do it. It makes it it's really simple and that. Mm-hmm. So the, the komumu will die away <laughs> when it comes to their term. Yeah. Right. Because everybody goes through it. Every family has it. Unfortunately, for some families, they go through like it almost every month, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The, the, some families, they come in threes, they come in fours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where this simple thing needs to, you know, come in for them. Yeah. yeah. Just sort of, uh, you know, my... Make it simple. Yeah. And just, just, yeah. You know, it's my own heart for It is your heart. We too. hear it. And, it's and, a beautiful heart. And I know uh, before we, I know we're we're gonna move on. We want to kind of just like move on to all the other great things that because we have pastor here. <laughs> so many questions we have here, but um, you know, being how we're on the topic of funerals, you know, I think of um, you know, obviously we like to just do extra, you know, like a three day funeral when we could just simplify it to one. But I also see that in. In the the three day funeral, like we are just working, 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 being busy, and there's no grieving in that. Right. Yeah, it doesn't and, happen till after. And what happens really behind <laughs> scene is that the things that we don't grieve comes out through alcoholism, through yeah. going out, through yeah. just other things, even just stress, anger, stress. Anger. You know, some type of sickness. It just we it it, it end up it ends up manifesting different right. in, in another yeah. way, and um. You know, my question would be like, how 
what is a healthy way of grieving for our people, especially during times, uh, during fall of lavas? Because we are conditioned to not stop, just work, 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 you know, get ready to, you know, prepare for the next family that's coming in. You got to hold it together for the family. and got to hold it together. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to serve until the very end of like, you know, when the burial's done. And even after that, there's... There's a, you know, there's a, there's a anger. There's, there's, we got to do the food stuff yeah. and then we don't even properly grieve there. Then even after the anger's finished, we still have visitors and families that are from out of town that are still here and we can't right. even grieve. So now we got to cater to them. So nothing really happens until everyone is gone. But, but the family is like, it, it ends up being a personal um, work instead of like a, a work together for the family you know like everyone by the time family members leave now everyone's stuck to themselves and like the family didn't even get have time to together heal and talk because of the busyness and the distractions so I guess what, my question would be like what's what's advice to give to like just for instance like someone who right now who's preparing for a funeral a family like what's advice to give like in, is it important to grieve before is it important? Is it okay to put everything on hold and say let's not plan our 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 funeral right now? Let's let's wait and grieve as a family before we call out, you know, or before we put out invitations. What's 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 a good what's a good piece of advice to give? Well, personally, because um, I've I've journeyed through that so many times. Um, grief sometimes doesn't really hit you. Until a year or two later. <laughs> That's true. But being busy during that time, to me, it's it's healthy for me. Because mm. it, it sort of takes my mind off. Mm. And then when everything is done and everything is gone and I'm alone in my room and woke up one morning and suddenly hits me and then I mm. cry like a baby and nobody's there. So I could just weep and grieve because, uh, yeah that happened when my father died I, I never felt it mm. until like two years later I woke up and I just bawled like a baby mm. <laughs> yeah and also my brother passed away in 2017 that's the first of our siblings to go I think six months later after his burial I you yeah. know it hit me Mm. So uh, for me, there is no such time as a time of grieving. Yeah, it will hit you when it hits you. Yeah, and even during all this busy moment, some people get hit during that. Mm -hmm. the, that right, busy, and then they just disappear in a corner, and you know, weep and, and tear a pillow, grief. tear a pillow up, and kick the dog, and <laughs> <laughs> break a few dishes. <laughs> <laughs> Take it out yeah. just grieve how you yeah. grieve. Okay? Yeah. yeah. It, when it comes, when let, it comes. It, let it. But I'd rather grieve privately, mm, you know, right. it, when there's no one around. But when people come, you know, cater to them, and when they're gone, wait for the moment to hit you. Sometimes visiting the grave can hit you there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah, that's good. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. We'll take a break right here, y'all, and be right, right. back. What's good, y'all? This is Jordan Fihaki of The Wayfinders. Tap in with us and visit our website at fearlesswayfinders.com. And remember, only us stop us. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, KZ Volks, living out my dreams out now on all platforms. Go ahead and cop that.
All right, y'all. I'm excited to jump into our Chop It Up section. Again, in the studio, we have Pastor Tala in the building with us. And uh, we are excited to just... I don't want to say pick your brain because I hate saying that because, you know, it's just we're doing more than that. We're we're getting we're we're Talanoa. We're yeah. Talanoa. <laughs> <laughs> you say you're pulling your heartstrings. OK, that too. But we have been learning so much. Danny Boy and I are just being students of the word here. And uh, we're excited to just kind of dig deeper into our Chop It Up section. And uh, I think we really want to know more about you this time, about who you were before getting the call to be a pastor and the process of just, you know, you feeling called to be a pastor and how that looked like. If just what year, what school you went to and all that. OK, but we want let's okay. talk about where you were before being a pastor. Biography. <laughs> a short one. A short one. A short one. Okay, let's see. Um, I was really, I was, well, in high school, I was really interested in drama. Mm. Uh, okay. I was really interested in drama, and um, I think my senior year, I joined the Peer Repertory Theatrical Theater uh, Society. And we worked with all, all, the whole society was mostly white. Mm. And they are the expatriates who came to work in Samoa, and they thought, well, let's have this club. So, you know, kill time because there's nothing else going on in Samoa <laughs> <laughs> except work. So we, we, we joined them, and we did a lot of drama. Uh, we worked with, uh, you know, the New Zealand and Australian High Commissioner then, and nice. uh, even the Chief Justice of Samoa. Mm. 77, 78, he, yeah. he was a good actor. Yeah. It was fun working with him. And um, so, but I grew up with in the uh, Efakasa Church under the uh, guidance of our late Reverend Elder Boasa Teo, mm. a very big name mm -hmm. in the congregation those days. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is in that that um, sort of created an interest in me mm -hmm. for the ministry. Mm. I, it made me hunger, hungry mm. for mm. more. But since there wasn't more in the church, he was a great preacher. He was a good teacher of the word. Right. But I felt like I need to express what I feel. Yeah. There was no room in the church for that. Yeah. So I went to the Youth for Christ. And nice. uh, <laughs> so I, I became a leader and I sort of teach, taught Bible study. Right. And I ended up in the Peace Chapel. Mm. And <laughs> while I was at the Peace Chapel, it was all the services were in English. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of Samoan people came to the services. And there were elderly people that came. Right. And so they decided to have a Samoan service. Lo and behold, who did they pick? They mm -hmm. picked me <laughs> to lead the first Samoan service at the Peace Chapel. <laughs> <laughs> and that was uh, way back in 1980. I think it was 1980. Or oh, 77, 77, 78. I finished high school in 78, and uh, I was still, I became the uh, vice president of the uh, Appear Repertory Theatrical Theaters <laughs> group. And we used to have, uh, you know, um, we, we used to join with the uh, American Salmon uh -huh. Theater Club. Yeah. So we would bring a production over to. Pango, and then the next year we'll host the Pango group over there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and 
One year they brought a production of the Rainmaker. Nice. Lila Sevaitasi was their uh-huh. star. And oh wow! I met Lila there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, that was drama, okay. and um, so I I wrote, I wrote plays and direct and produce. Even, All in high school. Yeah, well, I was in high school, and even after high school. Oh wow! So uh, we did, uh, you know. Classics were the, the, we know what the high school are reading, and then we turn that into a play and then act it out for them with with a lot of expatriates. So I I took that to to church. Nice. So in the church, I write a lot of plays. (laughs) (laughs) Look at you. Now, overseas here, we, you know, sort of write it bilingual. Yeah, after high school, I was the receptionist at Aggie Gray's Hotel from oh, wow. 11 p.m. till 7 in the morning. Mm. They didn't want to put the ladies in that position, so they took me, they put me there. After the Aggies, I went to the Bank of Western Samoa. After the Bank of Western Samoa, <laughs> I worked at the radio station, 2AP. <laughs> yes. It was the only radio station in Samoa then. So, um, yeah, we the we had the Samoan channel or the bilingual channel from yeah. 6 a.m. till 5. So 5 in the evening, we branched out to the all-English channel. that They call it Channel 2. And then Channel 1 would be all Samoan. And mm. I was mostly on Channel 2, entertaining the high school kids. And <laughs> wow. So, uh, yeah, so that was life. And then I became a teacher for Peace Corps. Because nice. uh, during the strike, uh-huh. you know, um, we walked out of the 2AP and I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> you activist. <laughs> um. I got fired and then I became a language and cultural instructor for Peace Corps. And until um, I went to Marwa in 1983, 1986 graduated, uh, top three of the class. They, Did you have a plan to go to Marwa? Yeah. Oh, no, 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 I, I did not. I What led you to go to, because uh, for those who may not know, what is Malua? I was, uh, you know, like I said, I had a hunger for ministry. Mm-hmm. So now I'm doing Samoan services for Peace Chapel and more towards the charismatic uh, worship and that. Wow. And I saw the Efakasa is sort of, you know, it's uh-huh. kind of like boring. Um, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, that, that, <laughs> this is the mind of a very young kid. <laughs> Wait, how old were you at this time? Uh, I think I was 18. Mm. Yeah, you know what they say, hire a teenager where he still knows everything. <laughs> Did you have a girlfriend at the time? Uh, no. Ooh, Unfortunately, okay. no girl liked me. I don't know <laughs> <Aww>. why. <laughs> this handsome guy right here? <laughs> uh, I wasn't handsome then. <laughs> but, uh, Look at God. Yeah. So what was the question? <laughs> uh, I was asking uh, if you had plans to oh, go to Malua, to go, to go but to also to, to let folks know what Malua is. Malua is the theological college that was founded by the fathers of the Congregational Christian Church in Samoa. And uh, the main idea was to train pastors for the church. And uh, it was the training for all the pastors of the Efakasa uh, until the Efakasa broke away. So they have their own um, theological college now, which is the Kananafo College. 
But uh, how did I want to get to go to Malua? I never really wanted to go to Malua, but I was so interested in the things of the ministry. And one day, our pastor came to visit our parents. So they came, and uh, they were talking about some of the difficulties in the ministry that people go through. And also, one of my siblings were going through a lot of difficulties in the ministry. And uh, he said something very profound that touched me. He said, uh, what we should do as pastors is focus on the ministry. Mm. I like that so much. And before I knew it, the question came out of my mouth. When is the next entrance exam to Malua? (laughs) 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 I I looked around and who said that? But, you know, my parents were so elated. And when our pastor was about to leave, my mother said these words, Wow, we just found a soul today. Like, oops, was I lost? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) But, uh, you know, my sister is already in the Malua Theological College. My brother is already in there through the journey. So then me, in 1983, I went to Malawi. In 1986, I graduated. Nice. Went to our first congregation in Savai'i. That's where I learned a lot about the culture Mm. and the language Mm. and all that. Uh, Let's see. After our six years there, we went to Jamaica for five years, and Mia chat a little patwa, you know. (laughs) 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 Mia chat a little patwa, you know. (laughs) Wow, five years. Yes, some Samoans in Jamaica. Jamaica, Yes, my Uh, grandfather served his mission there too. (laughs) All right, so in Jamaica, that's cool. Went to New Zealand for seven years and came back to America. And Were you serving as missionaries there? Or in Jamaica? Yeah. Yes. Um, nice. We went there as a missionary. And mm. A lot of churches died, have died. I mean, geez, were dying. Right. So uh, the United Church in Jamaica and the Cayman Islands mm. comprise of the Congregational Church, the Presbyterian Church, and the Disciples of Christ Churches. Those churches were dying, mm. so they united to form that. So when we came to the church, we asked the administrators, you know, what are the guidelines? They said, there are no guidelines. You just go do and see what works. Mm. The church is dying. Right. Go see what it works. Mm. So, you know, and my own mentality right now is like, what works? Um, so that's why, you know, I kind of sad when I try to do things that I know would work, but, you know, the elders in the church and sort of think that it's alien. (laughs) So you went from graduating um, Bible college, theological. Uh, Where did you meet your wife in that? Did you meet her after or did you meet her during? You know what? Who hooked y'all up? (laughs) Like... I woke up one morning and there was this beautiful being standing right in front of me. And I said, where'd you come from? And she said, God just made me and put me here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And that's the love story. And that's the love story. (laughs) And the rest is her story. And the rest. (laughs) Did you meet her before? Did you meet her during? After? Oh, I, I, I met her uh, during my third year in theological college. Okay. Through a friend? Through, was she working there? With- uh, 
Yeah, it was a divine appointment. We were at a restaurant with some friends. Uh, We were, you know, Malua, we go out on Fridays to town. Mm -hmm. And we were sitting at a table at a restaurant, and this beautiful being just happened to come around to give her auntie that I was there with. The auntie went to Malua. Nice. And we were in the same class with her husband and... She gave some money to the auntie sent by her mom. Oh. And I saw her. I looked at her, and she looked at me and said, Hi. She, <laughs> she smiled, and that was it. And that was it, huh? That was it. <laughs> and you just knew right there you were going to marry her, huh? I don't know, but my heart went <laughs> boom a bang a bang 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 <laughs> And the rest was his. And, the rest was and his. hers went, yeah. Yeah. The same, so Good. yeah. The same, the same <laughs> beat. Same beat, yeah. Was, like, we kind of beat together. So, <laughs> so you have a lot of experience from traveling and doing ministry. Oh, I, I, um, yeah. so, something I wanted to ask is how, what were some of the challenges that you were faced with uh, that come to mind during any of your, any of your uh, tenure at these different, these different locations. Um, before I answer that, let me tell you something. Well, after I met my my present wife, our first kiss was at the altar. Ooh! <laughs> Beat that! <laughs> oh, dang, now that's real. Uh, that was it. You waited, real, you waited so, for yes, that? Yes, so the pastor said, now you may kiss your bride. That was your first kiss. That Ooh. was our first kiss. Wow. You know? How did you, how did you was, stay away from temptation? It was holy. How? Huh? How did you stay away from that temptation of hey, wanting to kiss I'm, her before that? I'm a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's, that's all. it. Drop I'm, the mic. I, I fear God. That's it. That's it. Okay. That's it. I fear God. No temptation? No temptation at all? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. That, that's what I want to hear. Of course. But yeah. yeah. God takes you know, over. I fear God. You, you know, fear God. Uh, yeah. Nice. Good answer. Wow, okay, that's so I love that story. what were some of the difficulties that I found in my life as a ministry? Um, you know, the devil always works, and there are no new things. You know, it's it's not creative. Mm-hmm. And you read in the Bible that the difficulties that those people faced in the past, the, these are these are the same demons that are around today. Um, so it's not it's not new, and they work through people. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, you want something done and then they get in your path. Mm. Or suddenly you hear something about you that you know nothing about. Right. But it's all to hinder the work that you're trying to do. And then sometimes, you know, I'm trying to do something and something pops up and then I ask, I go back to my prayer closet and ask God, is this you speaking through this situation to hold it down a bit? <laughs> Or is this something that I need to plow through mm. in faith? Um, sometimes he would tell me to wait. Yeah. But uh, there's no, um, there's nothing new under the sun. But, yeah. But most of the difficulty is trying to break the status quo. Yeah. Mm. That is the most difficult thing. Uh, the, right. You know, the, the saying that is so common, this is the way it has been. Right, yeah. Our fathers did it this way. way yep. So who are you to change, change it? it? Right. So although it's so outdated and the younger generation do not relate to this, right? Yeah. But since their fathers did it, 
it's the only right thing that most of them know. Mm. So, uh, you know, I'm not criticizing them right. for thinking that way. It's just a matter of having to educate them. But when you're fixed, sometimes you're really fixed. <laughs> it's really hard to change that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that's the most difficult thing. Mm-hmm. Is trying to steer the minds of our people away from what used to be. So you know, you can bring in Bible quotes and all that, right, but right. you know, it, it's hard to change. Right. The hardest mm-hmm. thing to do is to 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 unlearn what you know. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that you went from Jamaica to New Zealand. When yeah. did you eventually come over here to the states? Two thousand and five. Two thousand five, and and did you start a church? Did you plant a church right when you got here, or did, were you? Just visiting, no, attending well, churches. I started a church in New Zealand, um, okay. and then we had to register a branch here. Oh, okay. We registered a branch here because there were some people who wanted to help us in New Zealand, so okay. they joined this here uh-huh. and put funds together to fund us in New Zealand. Wow. So, uh, yeah, nice. we had a really good support system from the members here, and we were also affiliated with the Jubilee Christian Center. Oh, yeah. So Jubilee would send uh, people over to teach our new converts and do all the heavy lifting in the beginning. Right. Mm. So it was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did not start a church here. I just joined these guys who were here. It was not, we didn't have prayer meeting or anything because their constitution here was to help people. Right was to send people over to preach. Right. So their main job was to fund the people that came from Jubilee over. Because <laughs> right. you were living in San Jose shortly, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, in San Jose, yeah. Um, you're also a cancer survivor, correct? Yes, ma'am. And how was, um, well, one, God is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how was that? Did that change your faith? No, 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 not a bit. Uh, mm. Never questioned God. Mm. I just took it one stride at a time. Um, it was a difficult and lonely journey, but there was something that still amazes me to this day, still brings tears to my eyes. They were doing a bi- biopsy to find out what stage the cancer has gotten into. So they explained to me the process. They had this long needle, and they said, we need to harvest a little bit of your, um, what do you call it? Jeez, man. <laughs> <laughs> What's that bone that runs? There was a thing, the marrow. No, not the marrow. Um, the spine? The spine. What's inside the spine? Anyway, and we also want to harvest a little bit of your bone. Mm-hmm. A spinal cord, yeah. that's it. They wanted a little bit of the spinal cord and a little bit of a bone from my tailbone, and they said, it's going to hurt. So I said, okay. And I laid on my belly, and I felt a hand on my right shoulder. Mm. It was just so, you know, like I felt it. It was a gentle touch. And then I heard these words, be still and know that I am God. And that was it. And after the girls did their thing, I got up, tears were streaming down my eyes, and they said, sorry, sorry, you know, it hurts. 
No, 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 no. That's not why I, I never felt a thing you did. Right. <laughs> it's something else. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's how, what guided me through my cancer journey. Mm. Yeah, and even after second second uh, cycle of chemo, they said the cancer is gone, but they still need to do radiation. I got a lot of advice from people, don't do it, don't do it. But then I remember what the Lord said, be still and mm. know that I am God. I said, no, mm. I'll have to go through it. Yeah. Yes. So it did a lot of damage, but it's, I know, it's healing well, yeah. Yes. That's amazing. <sighs> and that was 10 years ago. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. That's so good to hear. Um, you, you're, you're someone who I see as very comfortable, right? Like, I, I feel comfortable to talk to you. Um, you are very welcoming. And I think your approach is probably the main thing that... Um, has attracted me to to your uh, pastorship because you don't you're not your conventional <laughs> <laughs> pastor, if you will. I don't mean That's that true. disrespectfully. Yeah. Um, and so I just wanted to ask you, you know, what is your approach to your pastorship? Oh, um, there is no real difference from me. I am me, mm-hmm. right? Um, Part of this is, like I said, I'm the youngest of eight. My nieces and nephews are my generation. Mm. Um, I think um, I'm five years older than my eldest uh, nephew. nephew. Oh, wow. So most of my life, I enjoyed these young kids mm. and my own siblings, right? And so my approach to everything is being a kid. And if I go to families, I want to communicate with kids, right? Their children and that. But most of the time, since the, I'm a pastor, you know, right. children don't talk to the pastor. <laughs> like, go away, go hide right, somewhere. Right, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, this is me. I, 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 I like young people. I like uh, talking. And Although, you know, I don't understand their language sometimes. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I just like young people. I like talking to, I don't know, the, it's just me. And being the youngest, mm-hmm. I'm usually the clown of the family. <laughs> so I make fun of anything and everything. And, yeah, that's like. You're very relatable in that sense. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) Is your view for God constantly evolving and changing throughout time? Uh, Like from when you attended Bible college up until now, has it evolved since? Mm -hmm. I I had a narrow view of God Mm -hmm. who had love, God who loves some people Mm -hmm. and don't love some people. That was Mm -hmm. the beginning. You know, mm-hmm. so I fought really hard to be in though among those whom God loves. Mm-hmm. But you know, I've evolved to realize that God loves everyone. Mm. So you know, that's why I I don't really care what a person looks like. Yeah, <laughs> we've had some people, you know, some ones who lived in lifestyles that aren't really acceptable by many families. But when they come to church, you know, yeah. I talk to them like they're normal. Right. You know, if they ask questions that sound silly to most of the class in our Bible study, 
I take the time to take it seriously. I, I answer yeah. their questions seriously, like it was a serious question. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know. Back, back every, to your heart. <laughs> back to every, the pastor's heart. Everyone is loved by God, and it is our calling to make sure everyone knows that. That is yeah. true. Yeah. That is very true. That's a great word. Especially now in the, in the time where our um, where we are in this world and the state of this just just where our where America is in now and the state of where our people is in now even the state of just how families are now it's it's hard to see God you know it's just you know it's hard to see God when when we're struggling financially it's hard to see God when marriages are broken and you grew up with that type of you know lifestyle it's hard to see God when um, you you know you come from more poverty stricken areas you know it's how do you um, give hope to people who have been hurt by the church or who just see God as just more of the God that has their back uh, face towards them well you know the church does not really have anything to hurt people. It is the people who make the decisions for the church. Mm. And sometimes, you know, it's those people that do hurt families and their decisions do hurt people. But the church itself should be a, an oasis in the desert, you know. This big, huge tree with its shade, you know, people come and rest under in the shade. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah, it would be nice. It would be good to, to build churches to become that body that helps and just, like, lower the expectation. Mm. Lower the expectation. Um, what I mean by lower the expectation is not, Put the church in such a pedestal that it's mm. hard for people to reach. Uh, instead of making it a thatch in the roof, why not make it a stone in the foundation? Mm. So it's easy for anyone who just comes sit on it, you know. Mm. And, and so uh, that's my approach to ministry. Um, it's nothing really difficult to reach. It's mm. just come in, have fun. Was that the question? That is. Oh, and that's yeah. a great answer. Yeah, that's a perfect answer. Do you have a mentor? Do you have a pastor who pastors over you? Uh, do I have a pastor who pastors over me? Well, it used to be uh, Dick Burnell. Mm. He's retired. Um, right. Right now, I'm just, uh, you know, like associating with right. pastor friends. Mm. Toina Kenape. Mm -hmm. I chat with him a bit. And um, I have some pastors in the... You know, I'm independent, but I'm very much associated with, uh, like, Salesa in uh, right. Sacramento and uh, Etiwati, Alsana, mm. new pastor, Daily City. Yeah, we go out and sit at a table and just share about the ministry. Iron and sharpening like iron. Yeah. yeah, so that's more like it now. Um, mm. It's just that the warmth in the other pastors is so beautiful for me. And even with the assemblies, you know, um, Ray, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, Hisatake, yeah, <laughs> those, Hisatake, yeah, those are my friends. So nice. So I've got this body of pastors you around me. That's good. That sounds like a good council. Yeah, we can share. Right. Well, do you have a question, Pastor? I was going to call you Pastor. <laughs> do you have a question, Pastor <laughs> every, Danny Boy? Every, everyone is a pastor. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask him to take us home uh, with uh, 
the conversation he or the, not the conversation, but what he brought up um, this morning in uh, prayer. Oh, meeting. in prayer meeting. But yeah. you can, if you have a question. I mean, I just have one more question, and I want yeah. you to kind of give light to it. What does it mean to be saved? What does it mean to be saved? The scripture says, and this is salvation, that you know Jesus and the Father who sent him. That is salvation. Because uh, the Lord demands us to do so much. And God knows we cannot. Because you break one law, you're guilty of all the mm-hmm. laws. So you cannot survive the wrath of the law. Mm-hmm. So what Jesus did was he came and he kept the law to the T. And then he died for all of us. And then the moment we believe that he is Jesus, the Son of God, who died for us. So he kept the law for us. And when we accept him as the Lord and Savior whom God had sent, he's kept the law for us. So, (laughs) yay! Yay for salvation! Salvation! (laughs) And then we're saved. And what does being saved mean? Everyone should go to hell, except, I mean, excuse the term, everyone should. But God says, okay, let me provide an exit in this, in this freeway. And he right. created that exit called salvation through Jesus. And it's called Jesus. Mm. So the exit is Jesus. <laughs> the, moment, the moment you exit the Jesus exit, and then it leads you to salvation. and that's where the there's this big restaurant and hotel it says father's house (laughs) yes that has many rooms and the moment you enter your name appears in the room (laughs) (laughs) so good job yeah Mm. so pastor this morning uh you said something that really sat with me Mm -hmm. Mm. um that i never would have imagined hearing at a at church about you know the the coronavirus oh being a man-made virus mm-hmm. uh, the measles the measles right uh and so i just wanted to ask you to share a little bit about that but i also had a question of of you know thinking about about man-made diseases and especially the de- the, the excuse me viruses the viruses that are deadly uh mm-hmm. do you, do you think that also uh that AIDS and HIV is also a man-made uh, virus? I don't know about AIDS. I'm, I'm not sure. But all I know that all these viruses that they're talking about, mm. they are the things that were carried by animals. Mm. Right? So the AIDS is uh, HIV virus or something that was in the monkey, right? And the uh, coronavirus, they said it's, uh, it's in the bats, Mm. The flying foxes. And so they're blaming people who ate fox soup, I mean, uh, bat soup. Someone's eat bats. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we eat bats. And sometimes they're not really that well cooked, but, you know, it never appeared. I, I believe is, uh, that most of the viruses are man-made. They're, 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 they're produced in the lab- laboratories of the scientists and that because... Uh, 
the the Bible says in the end times mm-hmm. there'll be sicknesses and disease, and we thought it was the flu. No, it'll become a weaponized, um, the chemical weapons, and they'll come in the form of viruses. Mm. You know, the measles. Growing up, a lot of kids had measles, and we still played rugby, and nobody died. This measles was a different strand, and it was obviously engineered. Mm. So even with the corona. Um, virus, it's, it's an engineered one. And they said it came from the bat, and it was because of those who ate the bat. Mm. Bat soup in China. I mean, geez, come on, give me a break. We <laughs> eat bats all the time in Samoa. Mm. We never got the coronavirus. But I like what this lady said in the morning, Fasolo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the, cure, the cure for the coronavirus is... Take down a corona. <laughs> <laughs> Are we we doing a commercial for that now? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, well, you know, a lot of chemical things. The when man becomes the god, he creates things and wants to see his power spread through the world. Mm. Yeah, and he tries to kill as many as he can. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right, this is going to go longer than expected if we go into another teaching with Pastor. <sighs> There's so many takeaways with you, you know? I feel like we can have, we should just dedicate another episode on just a sermon from you. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we call me on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> or they can show up to 2 6 on Sundays. Yeah. But thank you so much. For coming out, did you have another question, partner? Nope. No. We'll take a break and we'll be back with our ICUs. Are you or someone you know pregnant and interested in free doula support? If so, a doula supports pregnant people and their families before, during, and after birth through education and advocacy within the hospital system and unconditional loving support in order to help families have the positive birth outcomes and experience they deserve. Mana Pacifica stands for Maintaining Ancestral Knowledge and Autonomy and is a San Francisco organization of community-based doulas providing care by Pacific Islanders for Pacific Islanders. All of our services are free and accessible to families birthing in San Francisco. We have openings all the time, so if you are interested in our support, please visit sisterweb.org slash mana-pacifica to fill out a referral form for care and read more about our program. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us, maile at m.chand at sisterweb.org or rutalauleva at r.aiono at sisterweb.org with any questions. All right, it's that ICU time. We like to end off this way now. I really like that we put our ICUs at the end. Yeah. It's a nice way to to end off our episode. And so we'll go ahead and start off with you, partner. Yeah, my ICU goes out to um, Calvin C.J. Brown Jr. Um, just recently, we just lost him. He's been battling um, a rare brain cancer for mm quite um not too long i think uh, just recently um earlier this year or last year sometime last year they they found the cancer and they told him that you know he only had about like six to eight months to live with that cancer Mm -hmm. and um, he's been battling out he's a young young kid that's just been trying his best to battle it out but you know 
the Lord. Oh, that's the young boy. Yeah, young boy. Mm-hmm. I see that. The Lord called him home, and you know, we're just, uh, just our prayers go out to the family, the Brown family, the Lapisi family, mm-hmm. the Pomele family, and um, yeah, we know that they are dealing with the. A tragic loss of just a young son that just left mm-hmm. but um we celebrate his life you know the legacy that um that he still is carrying on among his nephew among his cousins and even his and even his parents so yeah my icu goes out to cj brown just want to say i see you, you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you partner pastor do you have someone you'd like to uh, recognize as your icu yeah i um <clears throat> recognize everyone in the 2-6 church. Mm. They've been very great and wonderful to us as their pastor and uh, the support and the love mm. that they pour out for us. And we want to, you know, I just want to acknowledge their kindness. And especially the um Ou family um, mm. with the passing of Deborah, Melinda Lemau, mm. uh, mm. so suddenly. Mm. And I know that uh, it's been difficult for the family as they had just uh, lost uh, Anthony as well as um, another cousin earlier. Mm. And uh, it's like three cousins in a row. Wow. And, uh, you know, I want to acknowledge them and just give condolences to the family and and uh, hope that they find uh, comfort and also encouraged to be encouraged by the spirit and uh, right. to my brother Tama Lemau and children I see you thank you uh my I see you this week it goes uh, I actually have two uh my first one goes out to Mikaias Alipate I want to say I see you my brother thank you um <laughs> For hooking me up. Yeah. <laughs> With the new hairdo. With the new hairdo. Yesterday, uh, I went to go see this young fresh. man who is the definition of a hustler because he got so many different hustler, hustles, hustles. Uh, that he has to, you know, just be be great. Um, and, and I see you out there, bro. And so um, I've been having this, you know, this uh, this idea of changing my hair up. You know, when I yeah. colored it, the bleach really messed it up. Uh, the texture is all different. So, you know, it's just a lot of it was dead. It, it just had to go. <laughs> um, and so I've been thinking about what kind of style I want to put together. And I gathered up all these pictures and yeah. things. And I brought it to him. And I was like, bro, I want to do this. I don't know what it looks like, but it's like all these different elements. Right, yeah. And so everything I shared with him, he was able to uh, bring it to life. And nice. I'm really happy with the ter- the way it turned out. But also uh, he gave, we was just chopping it up and, he gave me a lot of great uh, advice. Yeah. And we, you know, basically it was my counsel that day of just talking about how to how to build, mm. you know, build this thing we got going on. Yeah, yeah. And I just felt like, like you said early, earlier, it was like a divine moment of just like I was supposed to be there right. with him. Yeah. It was my sister's uh, heavenly birthday. Mm. Uh, shout out to my sister Flo, oh. um, and I felt like every everything he was saying to me was exactly what I needed point, to huh? hear. Yeah, nice. And the way this haircut turned out, it really lifted my spirits. Right. And I really needed that. Okay, <laughs> new look. <laughs> and so all of that, all of that, to say, uh, Mikayas Alipate, I, I see you. you. And my second ICU, I want to um, dedicate it to uh, the life 
of my auntie Sasa. I also want to um, include in that her children, uh, Loki Lani mm. and Christine, also known as Cree. I just want to uh, extend my love and condolences and apologies that mm. I physically can't be there, um, but I have you all in my heart with me uh, during this time of mourning. Um, and just want to say that I see, see you. you. Woo. <laughs> another episode, another episode. Thank you so much for being with us, Thank Pastor Tala. Hopefully this uh, Potokasi experience <laughs> has been a, has been a good one. I know it's it been is, a... It has been. Thank you. It's yeah. been a long first half of the day, huh? Because we had an early, early morning. Oh, well. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but it was beautiful. Yeah. Right? It, was. it was beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Well worth it. So where can people find you, you know, like the church, the address, or like if they want to get in contact with you? Oh, the, the church is at 3715 uh, 26th Street, mm-hmm. San Francisco. Parking is on 3760 Cesar Chavez. Mm. And if you want to find me, I'm on Facebook. What are the church hours? The church hours? Service uh, hours. Um, well, we have Sunday school starting tomorrow. Mm. Uh, breakfast is at 8.30 to 9.30, and then yes. classes start until 10.30. Mm-hmm. Service begins at 11. Nice. Yeah, and uh, I, I think uh, things are going to be short tomorrow since it's uh, the Super day Bowl. we celebrate our Super Bowl winning. <laughs> bang, bang, not again. <laughs> <laughs> bang. 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 Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. So the way we like to uh, end off the show is asking our guests to deliver a quote for the cultures. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pastor, would you take us home with a, a quote for the yeah. peoples? If I if I may divert, I want to we'll have one more. I see you. I see you for the con- pastor and congregation at uh, Tafatolu. They, oh. they were so supportive of me when I had my cancer mm. and their prayers. So I want to oh, acknowledge nice. them. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I see you, my family at <laughs> yes. Tafatolu. But today's uh, quote, I was thinking, uh, there's a Samoan uh, proverb that says, uh, you know, uh, being tired of the paddle, of paddling. So you use a stick, you know, the stick, you put it in, you sort of put the end of this, mm-hmm. you hold on to this long stick and then sort of push yourself, the boat through pushing this stick mm-hmm. against the, the ground, I mean, this, the, the bottom of the ocean. Um, so mm-hmm. That way it, it gives you more leverage against the current. When the current is coming against you and you can't uh, paddle against the current. And another proverb along that same line, the Samoan proverb is La folitola i malolo. Let the anchor drop and rest until the current is gone and then uh, you can start paddling upwards. So the point is uh, let God be the tall, mm. you know, that one that enables us to go forward. And let God be the rock that the anchor of our boats hook onto when the current is against us. And let us move forward in the grace and the ability and the able hands of our God. Yeah. And God bless this uh, Pocotasi and uh, <laughs> you, you guys, Danny Boy and Bex. It's been a great joy being here <laughs> and to uh, share with you. 
and it's been fun, you know, having you in the morning. Um, and um, yeah, this has been a great experience for me. All the way my last days as a broadcaster was at the Radio 2AB, and that was way, way back in 1979, 1980. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Well, it's been a delight. Yes. Yeah. Power to the people. We'll see y'all on the next episode. Peace. Peace. Love and happiness. Blessings. <laughs> and blessings. We out. For the Cultures podcast is recorded at Stoneman Studios in Milpitas, California. Music is Girl Gang by Rocky Rivera. Donate today at paypal.me backslash for the cultures. Also, subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Like and follow us on IG, Twitter, and Facebook. This episode is brought to you by Mata Ese Tongafau and Lola Kuulei Tortelleo Lasky. Thank you for your generous donation and continued support of our podcast. We see y'all. What are we doing it for? We're doing it for the culture. culture. For the culture.